freaking excited to have you on my show. I have gotten to know you a lot over the last year, and I am just amazed. I think I made a post the other day under uh, one of your achievements that I said, look at you making lemonade out of lemons. And that's that encompasses everything that I feel about who you are. Um, so I know that little bit about you, but why don't you tell everyone else a little bit about who Marlene is? Sure. Um, so I am an event producer. I produce large scale, mid to large scale events. I've been doing it professionally for four years now. Prior to that, I was in corporate America. I did a 20 year stint in the consumer packaged goods industry in very analytical type roles and sales leadership type roles which is weird because I have this super outgoing personality and I used to just live my entire life behind a computer screen doing Excel formulas. So it was um, really cool when I had the epiphany of what my true gifting and talent is four years ago. Um, and I've been able to pursue that and utilize my business experience and my Excel and analytical experience to make myself better. Um, and I even bought an event center last year, which sadly COVID crushed. And March 15th was my last event. And I got a lot of public hate for that. Like, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Shut it down. Shut it down now. And that was my dream. That was my passion. It was, it was, it was my baby. And it vanished overnight. Um, so here I am, what is it, six months later, mm -hmm. um, figuring it out and pivoting hard and working really, really hard to keep my dream alive and to continue to do the work that I know I'm gifted to do. That's awesome. That is so awesome. I know I definitely walked with you a little bit just on the outskirts of, of that whole process, you know, being able to attend some of your events at, at the Lake Harbor Event Center and then watching, you know, the disintegration of what you thought was going to be. Um, and that's a hard, a hard thing to be on the outside of, not as well as be on the inside of. I know there were so many of us that we're calling each other saying, what can we do to help Marlene? How can we, how can we support her in any way possible? So I just want you to know that throughout that whole process, there was so much love going on for you. We, we all just wanted to figure out how to fix it, <laughs> which is, which is what we try to do sometimes when I don't, I don't know that we definitely weren't successful, but <laughs> we yeah. a lot of love there. So I just want you to know, I just want you to know that. Uh, but on the flip side of that, you have still figured out a way to continue moving forward. I want to hear more about what you're doing now, what's actually working amid all of this craziness. Right. Well, so I'm learning how to help people gather safely, um, depending on what phase or stage your county is in, it determines what the allowances are for the number of people who can gather, um, whether it's 10 or 50 or less than 50, um, if you're in phase two or phase three, whatever it is. Um, I'm learning what it takes to still have people come together in person and be compliant and safe. 
Um, I belong to a women's connection group called Polka Dot Powerhouse, and that has been a massive lifesaver for me. One of the members uh, is on the board for the Meridian Chamber of Commerce and reached out to me knowing that I have experience producing events, and um, they had a virtual program they wanted help with, and so they asked me to bid the job. I bid the job, and they accepted it, and it was called Keep Meridian Healthy and Open for Business. So that was a series of 23 virtual webinars with other like various business leaders throughout the community, helping business owners understand how they can reopen their doors safely. Safely. That was right after everything shut down, like everything closed, and everyone was like mandated to stay home. And then businesses suddenly needed to reopen with all these new expectations and standards, and people didn't know how to do that. So I pulled together a program that lasted 22 days. Uh, where we had a series of webinars helping all of the different industries understand um, what the industry standards are and what the expectations were of the health department. That program went so well that they ended up asking me to produce a golf tournament for them. And it was crazy because other golf tournaments were getting canceled and people were saying, you know, never mind, we're not going to have the fundraiser. But when you're dealing with a nonprofit organization, they rely on fundraisers to help their doors stay open. And all of the chambers of commerce around the United States are essentially nonprofits. They rely on donations and contributions to help serve the community. So <clears throat> we talked about, you know, what if? What if we're in stage four? What if we're in stage three? What if we're in stage two? How do we make the golf tournament happen? How do we plan not knowing, because we, we planned for two months, not knowing what the world was going to be like in two months. Yeah. So I said, here's the deal. We are planning this golf tournament as if we're in stage two, as if we cannot have more than 10 people together at a time. And we are just going to make sure that no matter what happens, the golf tournament gets to happen. Uh, so I, I plan everything touchless, 100% touchless, pre-registration, no lines, no gathering, customized swag bags. People ordered all of their things in advance. They ordered um, raffle tickets, birdies, mulligans, extra rope, all the fun things you get at a golf tournament in advance, and then I customized a package for every single golfer, letting them know what they had purchased in advance, and then put it in their swag bag and had a team of volunteers put the swag bags on the golf cart seats. So when our golfers arrived at scheduled tee times, not like some big gathering shotgun start, everyone had everything they needed. They literally walked in, they were guided right to their golf cart. If they were the 8.30 tee time, there's your golf cart right there. The team climbed in, they waited for the announcement, and then they drove off. They were told not to arrive more than 20 minutes in advance. Like Everybody did exactly what we needed them to do, and everybody was safe and had a good time. We had games at every single hole on the golf course, and people were elated to be able to get out and hang out with their coworkers and their friends. Even though it's not like a big group, it's still you're out on the golf course and having fun at every hole. So there was no more than eight people at any hole at any time, and we did it very successfully. So in the process of trying to figure out, like, is my business still open or isn't it? Like, is MIG Enterprises Presents still a company now that I don't have an event center, but people are still hiring me to do events? Like, what do I do? Because I was in a state of I thought I was just going to shut my business down and file for bankruptcy. Because quite frankly, I had to refund over $14,000 in deposits 
to yeah. people who had rented the event center and that crushed me financially and I did not know what I should do. So the Idaho Women's Business Center has been um, so good to me. They helped me get the PPP and they gave me a mentor. They called me one day to check on me and said, you know, how's it going with the PPP? Do you have any questions? How's the funding? Do you know how to spend the money? And by the way, is there anything else we can do for you? And I said, well, sure. Yeah. I don't know if I'm in business or not. Like people are hiring me, but like I need my EIN number, but I don't know if I should file for bankruptcy. And they said, why don't we have a mentor that we think would be really a good fit for you. And this is complimentary, free of charge, unlimited access to this mentor. I said, yes, please. I'll take any help I can get. <laughs> oh my gosh. Any help I can get. So they like, they thank you for the lifeline. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't know how to do this alone. Uh, so I get an email from this gentleman who happens to be the adjunct professor of entrepreneurship at Boise State University, who now is my personal mentor. Praise the Lord. This is somebody who's going to help me figure it out. So we had our phone call. I laid it all on the line. I explained everything. And he asked me the most simple question that had never occurred to me. He said, Marlene, why don't you teach other people how to do what you do? Make a course and teach them how to produce events. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, what do you mean teach people? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Maybe I could do that. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, well, how do I do that? And then we, you know, we talked about ClickFunnels. And I have not been a fan of ClickFunnels in the past. Sometimes I feel like it can be misused to uh, manipulate and take advantage of consumers when it, when it falls into the wrong hands. But you know, um, serendipity is a beautiful thing. And when, when God just sort of shows up and reveals the plan to you without you looking for it, you sort of know you're on the right track. Um, so I had that conversation and then like two days later, I had a conversation with another friend who I just cherish and value. And she said, you know what? I'm starting a ClickFunnels program. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we decided ClickFunnels was evil. She's like, I know, but listen. So she explained to me and I was like, wow, it can be used for the power of good. It can be used for great things. And then the next day I started attending a Tony Robbins event, a four day Tony Robbins experience. 12 to 15 hours a day for four days straight in my home virtually. Oh my gosh. But I had now had this seed planted in my mind. And while going through the Tony Robbins event, that seed started to sprout and grow into this thing that could be very tangible and real if I apply myself. So after the Tony Robbins event, I signed up for a 30-day ClickFunnels program. And in this program, they walk you step-by-step step in building your funnel, building your coursework, teaching you all the back-end software knowledge so that you are ready to launch as soon as the program is over. And the program ends in two days. And I am, believe I'm gonna launch on Monday. Oh and my gosh. Very, very excited. Um, this little thing right here is my freebie that everybody gets if you go into my ClickFunnels program. It's the 10 tips to producing outstanding events that anybody needs. If you are going to put on an event, 
this is like your starting guidebook on the do's and don'ts of producing an outstanding event. And then farther down in the program, if you choose to buy my expert's guide to producing outstanding events, you get an abundance of resources and tools and Excel files and guidance and video training on how to produce an event for your company, your corporation, yourself, your book launch, your coaching program, whatever it is you want to do and you want to have an audience take massive action on whatever message it is you're trying to deliver, this program will teach you how to do that. Because at the end of the day, I'm just one person. I, I can only do like, what, 10 major events a year, you know, and kill myself doing that. Sure. Or I can teach other people how to do it. And then we can have this abundance of human beings who want to put other people on stage who have a message to share. And then we start making the world a better place because we're creating a stage where people can share their gifts. So that's like the bigger picture now. Let's make a tribe of people who want to put other people on stage to share their message. Uh, that's how I pivoted. Yeah, you know, you know that just it just totally hits me right in the heart because that's exactly what you know why I do this. This is this has nothing to do with anything in my business. This has to do with I have been blessed with some of the most incredible people that have come into my life, whether for a short time or for a long time or, you know, whatever the, whatever the scenario may be, but I just feel compelled to make sure that those people that I feel are doing outstanding things are shared with as many people as I can put them in front of. So you're you're a, you're producing a show that's going out to so many more people. It's you know the virtual stage. Yeah, and it's such a beautiful thing to be able to give a platform to someone who has a message to share. Right. Exactly. That's at the root of all I do. I just want communities con connected. I want messages shared. I want lives transformed. I want people living into the greatest version of themselves through the messages and wisdom and knowledge they receive from people who have that message to share. Yes. We need to take Wendy's wisdom on stage at some point. <laughs> that would be super fun. That would be super, super fun. Um, I, you know, it's, that's been my, my passion project for geez, oh, coming up almost seven years uh, now. And I just, love doing it every day. I love doing it. So that's what I do. Um, so let's get down to some nitty gritty because I know a lot of people come back to me and they're like, thank you for sharing that. I heard her tip for, you know, whatever the thing may be like staying busy or staying motivated or whatever. So tell me what are some of your habits that you do on a day-to-day -day basis that you feel really lead to your success? Yeah, so I've got a lot of new ones recently. Right? <laughs> because when you when you crash and burn as hard as I did, um, I had to find a new way to move forward because all of the old things I had done, all of my old habits and, um, you know, habits and life practices just weren't cutting it and I was depressed and I was scared um, I was filled with fear and I don't want to live that way and so um, I started 
meditating daily. I started listening to um, an app called Gaia. I started listening to an app called Ascribe. I started um, doing gratitude meditation as I fell asleep. I started listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza books on how we can heal ourselves and our mind. Um, I've listened to probably every self-help book that's out there right now. I've read every Brene Brown book. Um, constantly filling my head with positive information, with wisdom and knowledge from experts. Um, anytime I walk or drive my car, I'm listening to a book. Um, that has made a huge difference in my ability to shift my mental state. Um, the meditation and prayer and getting my eight hours of sleep because honestly, like I don't have the capacity to continue to stay positive and move forward if I'm not getting the rest that I need. Um, I've been taking vitamins and nutritional supplements daily for three years now, um, but I needed to fuel my body with good food and the right amount of water. So I really just had to sort of take a step back and make sure that I was putting the right things into my mouth, my eyes, and my ears. Like the news, it went off. I, I haven't seen the news in probably a month. Um, I did the Tony Robbins experience, and with that being four solid days of being like on the screen watching him, I didn't ever turn into the tune into the news, and I haven't turned it on since that. Um, so. That's, those are some of the new habits, the new things that are helping me move forward. Like my logical brain, my lizard brain, whatever you want to call that, is like, you should be so afraid. You are so far in debt because you lost all of that money on the event center. You crashed and burned and you've tried so many times. You should just give up. I have to intentionally shut that out. If I let that come forward into my mind, I will just go into my bedroom and crawl into my bed under the blankets. Because if I let those words and that self speak dictate my actions, why should I get up and fight? Why should I continue to even try? So I have to fight that. And I do that with filling my mind with positive information, positive affirmations, knowing that I am enough. And I am my best gamble that I've got. I'm my best bet. No one's going to come and rescue me or save me. I am coming to rescue and save me. So I am hustling my face off, my friends, to make sure that what I do is the highest quality output that I can possibly deliver. And then the rest is up to God. Honestly, when I put that out there and I send that link out and say, okay, I'm live. Is anyone interested in learning? I've done the best I can. The rest is up to the universe, you know? Right, absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you when you were talking about um, that little voice in the back of your head, have you ever read Elizabeth Gilbert's letter to fear? No, but I have read Elizabeth Gilbert's newest book, um, Ladies of the Street, something like that. But I haven't read Letter to Fear. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, you definitely should look it up. It really, it's one of those things that once I read it, it has stuck with me forever. And I'm always, uh, I'm always saying every time I get in a position where I'm facing something that 
is scary or daunting or, you know, sounds like logically like it doesn't make sense. I'm like, no, 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 no fear. You don't get to drive this car. That's not the way this works. Um, and oh. it just totally frees me from all of that. The minute that I, that I start thinking about that shift. Um, so it's a really powerful little letter uh, to kind of have in the back of your mind as, as one of your little fear tools. Definitely going to read that one. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as things that you have really held on to as you've moved through this transition, what are some of your non-negotiables? Things that you're like, absolutely, I don't care what else happens, this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> and so much of that comes from experience and lessons, right? It does. <laughs> yeah. Like we learn what we're not willing to tolerate anymore only because we used to tolerate it, right? Exactly. Um, but, but one of my non-negotiables that's been a non-negotiable for years is walking my dogs every single day. Um, it's, it's almost like they walk me, I think. Like we both benefit from it. I, it, I can't not walk my dogs every day. Um, but the other is the work that I do, um, the work that I choose to do, like you, you get to select with whom you do work. I too get to select with whom I do work. And one of the main um, pieces of advice that I always give is never make a business decision based solely upon the expected financial outcome, meaning money cannot dictate your choices in business. So if I'm presented with an opportunity to produce an event that isn't really aligned with my heart, my vision, my passion, but the paycheck is massive, I have said yes to those in the past. And I've learned my lesson the hard way that it's almost like my magic doesn't work as well when I'm producing an event that isn't aligned with my core values, that I've only done it just for the paycheck. And I'm never happy um, and I struggle with certain aspects of the event that would normally come naturally to me. So choosing to do work that is aligned with my values, meaning it's connecting the community, it's connecting business owners, it's connecting consumers with businesses, it's, it's elevating people, it's educating people, it's inspiring and motivating people. Um, when I had my event center, I would say I produce transformational events, events that transform the mind, body, spirit, or soul. So if you don't leave my event transformed um, intellectually, spiritually, physically, or emotionally, then I've not done my job. Um, I still feel that way. Now, a golf tournament, it's a little outside, right, of that scope, but it connected businesses with consumers. It gave businesses an opportunity to interact with potential customers um, in a world where they can't network and they can't gather and they can't get in front of people. So it felt right and it felt good, plus raising money for the Chamber of Commerce. It felt aligned. So while it didn't transform any lives, it certainly facilitated business and um, connection in the community. So that's a non-negotiable for me. I can't do an event that, like, I don't do parties. I don't do weddings. I don't do corporate parties. Like, yeah, the paycheck is big on corporate parties, but there is zero fulfillment and satisfaction in that for me. Sure. And I actually would challenge you on that transformation using the golf tournament. You transformed the image 
that we cannot continue to gather and fundraise and have a good time that that so many people are living under that guise of but you show that it's possible that's transformation at the highest level ah oh, well thank you for that aha okay i'll take it yeah i want people to know we can still gather and like that's part of my training yes it's going to be a little bit more difficult yes we have to take certain security and safety precautions but we can do it if we are committed to doing it well yes. it's it's going to be okay we're going to be able to get back together you bet you bet so i know um i mean i know how driven you were before and I know that you slid into a really dark place and now you're turning things around and getting back to that driven girl that I love so much. Tell me some of the things that you, uh, that you do to stay motivated, to get out of bed in the morning and really kind of go after it and stay focused. Uh, like it, what you're doing is requiring you to do. Yeah, requiring me to do. Um, you know, a little bit of it is survival instinct, I think. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, it's taxing on the system when you live in that survival mode. So some of the mindset, mind shift stuff I've been learning is that I, I can break the habit of being the old me. I can break the habit of a bad behavior. And a bad behavior for me would be, Staying in a victim state, like, oh, woe is me. I tried and it just wasn't meant to be. The universe crushed my dream. I may as well just go back to corporate America. You know, I could choose to stay in that space of I'm the victim here. Sure. I'm the victim. But I don't want to. I don't want to be that version of myself. I am choosing my future. I believe that I can manifest a better future by deciding that that better future actually exists. I believe that it exists and I know that I can get to it if I show up and I work hard every day. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't days that I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to fight the good fight today. Yeah. And I can sit there for five minutes in bed hugging my dog saying, I don't want to fight the good fight today. But I know that I have a bigger calling and that if I myself have a passion to put people on stage, like you have a passion to put people on stage, how many more people are there out there like you and I who just don't know how to do it? Maybe they need help doing it. So I'm like living into that belief that I could be this key that could unlock opportunity for other people out there to create a space like this, a stage where people can share their message and stop being afraid. Um, plus, I am still on a contract with the Meridian Chamber. They've got me on a retainer through December. So I want to serve them. I want to show up and serve my client. I want to create raving fans. And I can't have raving fans if I'm sitting in bed feeling sorry for myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So coming from coming out of that transformation, if you had to give yourself in that in that former state one piece of advice, what would it be? Because hmm. there's a whole lot of people that are right where you were. 
Oh man, right? When you're in that dark space of I've lost everything. Um, so I don't know what other people have been through, obviously. I do believe that life in general is filled with trauma. I do believe that we all, to some degree or another, have experienced suffering and pain and anguish and grief and loss. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, all that stuff that I've been through already, it didn't kill me. Neither will this. So I'm going to keep living. I'm going to choose to keep living and to keep giving because that is the better space to be in, the positive space to be in. Yeah, your past shapes you. It does not define you. And quite frankly, it reinforces you and makes you stronger. So draw on all of that junk from the past, knowing it didn't take you down. It didn't ruin your life. You did move forward and grow and move through it and past it and beyond it. And you can do it again and again and again and again, no matter how many times it takes. You can continue to rise from the ashes every time you rise smarter, stronger, and better. Yeah, I totally, totally am on board with that. I have I have been in that dark place, and I know just about everyone you know, has had that kind of an experience. And, you know, we've we've so far survived 100% of all of the trials. Yay! We yes. win! <laughs> we have. And we have to remember that. Like, we have to pat ourselves in the back and be like, okay, we did it. We can do it again. Yeah, yeah maybe we don't want to, like, pull up the bootstraps and be like, oh, I got to fight the good fight all over again. So, you know what? Let yourself grieve a little bit. That's okay. Absolutely. Just don't get stuck there. Don't stay there. Process it. Let it move through you and then move into the new version of your life, whatever that looks like. Absolutely. So tell everyone where they can find you. So, um, MigEnterprises.com. And people always ask me, why did you name your company Mig Enterprises? Because it's a really weird name. And keep in mind, I, I came up with it uh, 14 years ago uh, before I was even an entrepreneur. And it has a weird spelling. So, it's M I I G enterprises.com and there are two eyes in the MIG because I'm never alone in anything I do. It's always me and the great I am. Me and God, two eyes getting through it all. MG is my initials, Marlene Geraldine. My stepson called me MIG from the age four on. He's 20 now. He still calls me MIG. My company is named after what he calls me and what my family calls me. I am MIG and that is my company. I love it. I absolutely love it. And of course, my last question that I love to ask, how do you give back? Oh, how do I? You know, I feel like my life's work is all about giving back. I don't do what I do because I want to make a ton of money or because I want to build a legacy or a corporation or anything like that. I am compelled to do the work that I do because it is my chief aim in life to serve our community, people with a message, to serve people who want to grow and evolve and learn. 
And my gifting is creating an experience for those people to come and listen to a message and share a message that will transform their lives. My whole life is dedicated to service. So it's in everything I do. I love that. And I think that's probably just about every one of us that really are servant leaders in our community. I think we all feel the same way, whether we are uh, doing an, a, something for the for profit or not for profit or whatever, everything at its core comes down to service. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's where true success lies. Yeah. It's not about what your bank account looks like or how many friends you have or what kind of cars in the driveway. Success is, are you sharing your gifts with the world and making the world a better place as a result of that? Yes. Ah, oh, I love it. Oh, you make my heart so happy, Marlene. Thank you so, so much for coming to chat with me for just a little while. Uh, I am thrilled to be able to share you with my people. Thank you. Thank you for living into your calling and your purpose. And thank you for always encouraging me and cheering me on. I'm so grateful for that. Even in my darkest moments, you would send me little inspiring notes to keep my chin up and keep moving forward. So thank you for that. As always. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Wim Life Show today. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a moment of the goodness.